Welcome to Brief Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. What's going on guys? Welcome to another Breathe Success Radio podcast. Today I'm really excited to bring you Mr. Sean Joseph Tavernier. Sean is an ex-pro bodybuilder and in this episode we actually go into quite a bit. Uh, I think if you're a lover of bodybuilder or if you have interest in bodybuilding, Sean's story is really, really, really good. Uh, We talk a lot about uh, how he became a bodybuilder, talk about steroids, believe it or not. We talk about uh, football, he's a big Arsenal fan. Um, really interesting. Uh, I think Sean's outlook on bodybuilding is is um, an outlook that is, I would say, dying. It's a dying breed of outlook on, on the way we looked. I used to look at bodybuilding the way we look at bodybuilding today with social media. So definitely one uh, for you to enjoy. So enjoy. Let me know your thoughts. As per usual, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. person and and left doing or being caught doing all sorts of mm. you know yeah <laughs> we all know what goes on in the sport sometimes you know what and, i mean unfortunately. so they're, 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 at this stage there won't be anything that comes out of the woodwork that you find out that i was secretly doing so yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you understand you know, what i'm you, saying you know what sean unfortunately and it seems to be still to this state in the bodybuilding in all federations you know, there seems to, still seems to be a lot of secrecy and, you know, backhanders and all that kind of stuff. And it happens in naturals. It happens in, in non-naturals. It happens everywhere, as, you, as I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, yeah. And, and because it's such a subjective sport, when there's money involved, then it's even a bigger problem, right? Of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know what? I just I, will, I want to be as transparent as I can because there's not many, many bodybuilders out there that will... Be transparent. No, ask, ask, ask me anything, man. I'm an open book, you know. I, 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 don't, I don't shy away from anything. I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm as honest as can be, you know. So, so that's it. Honest. That's well, it. Let's, start, let's start first with who's Sean. Uh, what, tell me, tell, tell the audience who you are, when, a little bit more about you currently, and then we'll go into the bodybuilding side of things. Yeah, well, currently I'm a retired uh, professional bodybuilder. Um, running my own business, personal training, sports supplement shop and whatnot. Um, I think my last show I won was the um, 2017 um, Mr. Universe, Pro, Pro, yeah. Pro Universe. Uh, that was about three, yeah, three, three years ago, gone yeah. October or November, I think. Mm. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing lots of different things training-wise. My training's totally changed. I can imagine. Um, I really want to go into that. I want, I want to see what the difference was between when you first started into bodybuilding to the, yeah. to, the point, to the point where you worked towards being a pro. Then how was it being a pro and then where you are right now, now that you've retired? So when you started, what started you into training? What started, you know, what training? I've, I've, I've trained pretty much all my life since I was a young kid. Uh, I grew up in West London, yeah. um, Labrador Grove, um, 
Harrow Road, Kilburn, Edgware Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anyone that's from West London knows those 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 areas. Those areas. I grew up my early years. I grew up in a bit of a notorious estate called Mozart Estate. Um, I grew up there throughout my my young years, four, five, six years old, up until I started secondary school. Um, but as a kid, I used to go to like a local uh, youth club called um, Stowe, the um, the Stowe Club. Mm-hmm. Um, that was um, near Royal Oak in West London. It was quite a famous club at the time because John Barnes yes. first started playing football at the Stowe Club. Um, wow. And at the Stowe Club, there was indoor football, there was basketball, there was a little room where you did weight training. And um, there at the time um, was, a, was a guy who's been very instrumental with me starting weight training, a guy called Leroy. He's, uh, he's, his nickname at the time was KK. We all used to call him KK. Um, he used to take me into the uh, weights room and train me doing a bit of weights. But rewind, going uh, even earlier than that, um, my father passed away when I was young. I was about a year old, just mm. over a year old. He died of leukemia, cancer. But his brother who was born in St. Lucia, was um, a bodybuilder. Right. So from as early as I could remember, I, 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 I had this, this uncle who was a bodybuilder um, um, in my household, so to speak. I used to mm. go to my grands every weekend and my uncle was there. And, um, you know, to me as a young kid at that time, he was absolutely bloody huge, you know. And um, everyone, especially in primary school, infant school, we used to go to a local swimming baths called Jubilee Sports Centre. And my uncle used to work in that sports centre. And um, when the kids used to find find out that he was my uncle, you know, um, they used to come up to me, Sean, you know, is that your uncle? Look at him. He looks like yeah. He-Man and this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was pretty instrumental in my, in my early years, you know, watching my uncle, you know, in the kitchen, cracking these eggs, eggs into the, the pint glasses yes, at the time. Yes. And uh, me watching him doing this and thinking, oh, you know, I want to try this. I want to him giving like me some to try and me yeah. spitting it back out because it tasted disgusting <laughs> and thinking, no, nope, I don't want to do that. <laughs> do you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I grew up at a young age with, with an inspirational person Absolutely. in my household who was, um, who was my dad's brother, you yeah. know? So, um, but moving away from that, that wasn't actually how I actually started. I mean... I was always, you know, as being a young, proper boy, yes. I was into all the boy stuff. I was very competitive. There wasn't any sport that I did that I wasn't decent at. Yes. Even basketball, being five foot two, I was, <laughs> I was okay. You're pretty good. <laughs> I was okay playing basketball. Um, you know, so I was very, very competitive um, in anything that I did, pretty much. Mm. Um, then... Going on to secondary school, I went to quite a, quite a well-known school in um, Fulham called the London Oratory School. Um, it's probably best well-known now for maybe Tony Blair's sons attending that school. Okay. Um, they were a few years younger than me at the time. 
maybe about four or five years younger than me at the time. Um, it was quite a, a well-to-do school at the time. They had pretty much opened their doors at the time. So um, I went there and um, it was a, a rugby school. So um, I took up playing rugby and uh, again, I was naturally good at, at, at playing different sports and uh, I became a very, very good rugby player. Um, yeah. I was a scrum half at the time. Um, I ended up having England trials and stuff like wow. that. Um, you weren't quite far. I did, um, divisional trials. I played for Middlesex. I played, sorry, my phone's going in the background. Oh, don't worry, it, that's fine. It, Ignore that. Um, had divisional trials, played for, for Middlesex, played for London, played for South East England. Wow. And um, how, how, how old were you then? Um, I had county trials at the age of um, 14. Um, I didn't actually have the England trials until I was about 16 at the time. Yeah. My club at the time was uh, London Irish. I was yeah. there for a while and I was at Richmond also. Mm -hmm. um so yeah um yeah so rugby was pretty much um the love of my life at the time it was a sport that i was well into um yeah. but due to injuries and stuff like that again my, my career pretty much didn't didn't yeah. didn't uh progress doing that um so i was a bit <laughs> in a pretty much a, a lull sort of period after that, really. I was still training because obviously mm. with rugby, we used to do a lot of circuits. Of course. We do a lot of strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I continued training um, at a local youth centre um, some years after. No, actually, was that before I stopped playing rugby? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, roughly about 1993 or the early 90s, maybe yeah. 91, 92, um, I was training quite regularly with Leroy KK at a youth club in West London called mm. um, Swinbrook Youth Club. And uh, I was just doing it for fun, really, you know, yeah. um, staying out of trouble. It kept me disciplined. It kept me regimented. Yeah. Uh, it kept me doing something that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a number of years, but I, I got to a point where I pretty much outgrew that gym. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you find that you responded really well to training? As, I as responded. I, I could... I, I, I responded so efficiently, so well. Uh, my body was so responsive. I was seeing changes hourly daily wow. you know wow. I, it, my, my, my physique was amazing if i stopped training for i don't know a month or two months you know if i went back to training tomorrow within a couple of days you, Straight you back would in. see that yes you would see that difference and do you think you know that's I mean? down to your genetics oh, of course yeah without a shadow of a doubt yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, definitely that's... genetics you know um so yeah as i said i, I outgrew that youth club uh, at the time, I was working for the local council back in the mid to late 90s um, in the uh, housing department. And um, there was, a, a, at lunchtime, I used to go walk down Wembley High Street for my lunch. And uh, there was a big, stocky dude who was, a, who, well, he was actually a powerlifter, a strong man, who I used to see Wembley High, on, on Wembley High Street 
And um, he would always say to me, you know, why don't I come down to his gym? And yeah. um, I didn't at the time. I, I, I put it off at the time. Um, just didn't think I was ready to, to really sort of train at a gym like that at that yeah. particular time. But then... Um, I actually one day I said to myself, you know, I've I've got to uh, I've got to make some changes here. Mm. And uh, that person was I don't know whether you've heard of him, but his name is Dave Bulldog Beatty, no. very well known gentleman in the fitness industry. Okay, uh, he's worked. He's I, I think Dave was the actual president of the BPC, the British Powerlifting uh, Championships, or something yeah. like that. But. He's very, very well known and respected in the strongman, yeah, in that, in that world, yeah, and bodybuilding fraternities. Okay. And um, I owe a lot to Dave because uh, at the time, you know, I wasn't really earning a lot of money, and um, because Dave wanted to get me to his gym, he probably saw potential in me that I didn't yeah. even see myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was like, look, you come to my gym. Pretty much like a Ronnie Coleman sort of thing, really. Yes, where, yes. Uh, he, he was offered a free membership. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. shit, I've got I'm to going. make sure I, 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 uh, I take this guy, uh, this Seriously. opportunity that he's given me. So I did that. And um, it was round about, when did I start training there? It was round about, it was just after the summer of 2006, mm. actually. And um, I went to, it's actually called Genesis Gym. So okay. shout out to Genesis Gym in Wembley. Um, I went to that, I started training at gym. It was, I think it was just after summer of 2006. And uh, it was a fantastic gym. The vibe was great. It was a, an awesome gym. The kit was great. It was a fantastic gym to train in. But at the time, there were about four or five, maybe six guys, a little clique at the time, that was training for the upcoming British Championships in Nottingham. Mm. That, were, that was about a month or two away. And in this particular gang was Dan Juma. I don't know whether you've heard yeah. of Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan has won a couple of British Championships. Great physique. Great physique as well. He's, yeah. He's known as Quadzilla. Yes. Um, uh, there was Roy, Roy Garcia, who also took me under his wing. Nav Sword, Nav the Sword, I forgot what his bloody surname is now. And, um, oh, what's the other one's name again? He's going to kill me for getting his name, but it's, <laughs> it slips off my bloody tongue. But I'll remember it as we go on. Um, so, yeah, so these guys were training for the British Championships in 2006. And um, I remember watching them train and I thought, they had a really good sort of camaraderie between them. And I found it really, really sort of exciting, really. Mm. Um, I ended up going to that British Championships. First time ever. I had been to the 94, was it 94 British Grand Prix back in Wembley mm. um, some years prior to that. Um, that was a great bodybuilding show. And I actually went to the British Grand Prix again in Wembley in 2002. Mm. Um, just to watch. Just to watch. Yeah. But 2006 was my first British Championships that I actually went to. Uh, the first UK BFF Championships yes. that I actually went yeah. to, to go and watch, you know. And at the time, that was the year when um, 
Flex Lewis had just lost out to Troy Brown. In I was the there. Overall. I was there. There, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was there and uh, watching the as audience. well. Me too. I was in the audience, watching as well, thinking, "Damn, I know I couldn't compete against these guys, man. These guys would absolutely kick my Me ass." You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I went away from those British Championships feeling really sort of motivated, you know, g'd up and reinvigorated and wanting to really press on and, and really uh, take my training to uh, and new heights, so to speak, you know? So, um, so yeah, but then shortly after that, we're actually, because I had no real intentions of competing, to be honest. Yes. I just wanted to build Train. my physique up to, to a good standard and just yeah. enjoy training. Yeah. But what it was, was um, Dan Juma as, 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 uh, Dan, 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 Dan's a Dan's a bold, a bold character, and he's a, he's a fun-loving character. But uh, he actually put a challenge to me uh, sometime after that. Um, he basically came up to me in the gym one day and said, "You know, I've got a good physique, but you know, he didn't think I had the 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 the, the willpower and the strength to actually do prep, do a prep, get through a diet, and get up on stage." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so you I walked away from that encounter with Dan thinking, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> this guy just, 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 just challenged me to this. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he has no idea what, what I'm like when I get my teeth yeah. into something. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm, obs I'm obsessive. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So um, I took offense to that, if I'm being honest. And uh, I left that meeting with Dan thinking, right, I'm going to fucking prove you, wrong. prove you wrong. So I must have said to him, you know, when's the next show? And he said he wanted me to do the London and, uh, what, what was it? The, the, the South, London and Southeast Championships, the next, mm. next May coming. So I had a, at least a good six months to yeah. prepare for that yeah. show. So I did. So came, come, come January of 2007, I started prepping. Um, it was... Uh, I, I, um, who helped me? Nav, Sword helped me, and Rye helped me. Um, it was a basic diet, potatoes, chicken. You know, I didn't yeah. even season the chicken. It was just wash it, add a bit of salt, and that was it. It Job was, done, yeah. it was a, such a draconic diet. It was awful, mate, awful. How I even got through it was, uh, was beyond me. But I did it, and, um, yeah, the rest was history, really. I, I, went, I take I, it you won the show. I won, I, I won the show. I yeah, won the no, show. Yeah. And um, that, that really sort of set Did me I qualify you for the British finals that same year? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I won the, land, the London and South East in the May, and then I went on to win the British Championships that year in October. Uh, what weight uh, were you when you did your, that? that um, so you became a British champion in your first year of competing. Yeah, I became a British champion my first year competing. Wow. Um, how heavy was I? I? I was barely 80 kg, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like I, you I, said, five foot two, 80 kg, that's a lot of muscle mass. Yeah, I, I, I was barely 80 kg. I don't, uh, yeah, I think I was. Well, because I did the first timers, I, I didn't really need to be a specific weight. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes, I yes. I just yes, had yes. to make sure that I was in shape, which I was at the time. Um, so once the British was out of the way and you won it, did that kind of, that kind of like light up a light bulb in your head that you could take this really far, far away? I, no, to be honest, because as soon as the British Championships was done, I was given an invite to compete at 
the Arnolds the following March. Wow. By the UK BFF. They've but obviously again, seen a lot of talent. Sorry? They've obviously seen a lot of talent in you. Yeah, but I, I, again, I, I didn't really see it in myself at the time. And, and I, I turned down the opportunity because mm. I, I just didn't think I was ready. I thought to myself, give myself another year, yes. you know, and then I should be ready to, to, to maybe at least be able to stand toe-to-toe with these guys. Because you've got to think, you know, my first time at a, 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 a British Championships, you know, watching these guys on stage, you know, I didn't think I was anything near these guys, to be totally honest, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, I remember seeing, who was it? No, 2006. Yeah, the likes of, I remember Zach Khan walking out. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? At that moment that in time. Where the fuck are an amateur? At that moment I in time, to... I was training with Daz Bull. Yeah. And Daz Bull was mainly the, 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 the between him and, da, and, and Khan. Zach yeah. Khan. They, they were the two, like, going for that top heavyweight position. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember there was a bit of clashing going on with Daz and Of and course, as, as they were always in. Yeah, always yeah. In. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you this question. So when did you realize that you were that good and that you could compete against these guys? Do you know what? It probably wasn't until I did my first Arnold Amateur mm. where obviously it was the biggest international amateur show at the time. Nothing compared to the Arnolds back right then. Now. I think yeah. it, 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 was, it was better back then than, than it is now. I think, I think maybe now it's picked up again. But it went through a few years where the standard wasn't as good. But mm. when I did it back in the mid-2000s, 2009, well, 2000, yeah, 2009, 2010, I mean, you've got to think the standard was just phenomenal. I mean, you know, I competed with, um, with uh, Roly Winkler, Lionel Baiecki. Um, there were some real top names. Um, Eduardo Correa did it the year yeah, before. Yeah, I remember Eduardo. You know, it was like the who's who who yes. transitioned from the amateurs into the pros at the time. Mm-hmm. There was some real, you know, really high standard at the time. I think it wasn't until I, I, I'd done the, the Arnolds my first time and um, I, was, I was actually winning, going into the posing round or the last round or whatever it was. And then Kamal Elgani came from nowhere and beat me by one point, I think it was. Mm. So I think that probably... That, that, that probably, uh, that, that, that's where it was where I said to myself, right, you know, this is I've, it. Got a, I've got a knuckle down here. I've, I've got something here that I could, uh, I could oh. definitely take further. And um, yeah, because I think, you know, uh, at the time, I think Kamal had won how many world championships and whatnot. He was a pro previous to that. Um, that I had beaten a lot of other good guys also in yeah. my lineup. So, um so, yes, I think it was actually there, you know. That uh, and when did you um, pro? Well, what happened was, um, my first overall that I did was in 2008, where mm. I won the light heavies, the under 90 kg. Yes. Um, and that was, when, that was when James Llewellyn won the overall. Yep. Yeah, I remember that so clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, that had... That 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 lit something in me as well because mm. I, I was I was I mean 
I was very much a novice. I didn't understand my physique properly, um, mm. but I knew that I could have done a lot better. I didn't come in as well as I could have done the yep. previous year, my first year. You know, I came in looking great. This year, that particular year, 2008, I left the door somewhat open mm. and it was pretty close between um, myself and I can't remember who it was. It was either... Was it Barney or, or, or Dean Lisiak? I can't remember. But, um, yeah. but yeah, but then uh, James went and won that overall. So I pretty much trained all year wanting to win the overall at the British Championships the following year. Yes. Yeah. So um, I went back, did the British Championships, won the light heavies again, the under-90s, got to the overall... And lo and behold, Zach Khan was at his all-time best that year. And I was there. He yeah. won the overall. I remember that. And I was, and that year I really went into it thinking You were gonna do it. I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this year. I'm gonna yeah. do it this year. Do you know what I mean? And he absolutely it didn't actually hit me until I walked off a stage. Off stage, I went back and it was just a sheer exhaustion. I actually I actually shed a few tears to be totally honest with you. Oh, I, I was absolutely gutted. Sure. I was absolutely gutted. Um, but again, that was that that was the, the probably the best Zach Khan I've seen at an amateur show, and it was well deserved by him. Um so I needed some time after that to, to gather my thoughts together. But then the UK BFF was, was on me again to do the uh, Arnolds, which I did reluctantly. Uh, what it was at that time, there was a new ruling or whatever it was that came out that because I won or whoever won the British Championships that year, mm -hmm. if you went out to do the Arnolds and you placed top three, you got to apply for your pro card. You had a chance right. to apply for your pro card. Right. So I did that, um, not really wanting to, because I really wanted to win the overall at of the course. British Championships. Everyone yeah. wants to win that, don't they? Yeah. So I went out to the Arnolds. Um, to be honest, I, I went there pretty half-heartedly. I, I didn't put my 100% my all in there. Um, but I managed to get third place and the and the the chance to apply for my pro card. Um, but I was in two minds whether to apply for the pro card or to go back to the British Following again yeah. Yeah. and try and win the overall. So I was thinking, shit, do I just apply for the pro card or do I go back to the British and risk getting beat again in the overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I do? What do I do? But then I thought to myself, you know, just get the pro card, spend another year improving your physique. Mm. And then by that time, you'd be ready to stand on a pro stage. Yeah. Because at the time I was competing with the best amateurs in the world at the time. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So I thought to myself, you know, it's not such a far-fetched idea that I no. could take no. some more time off and then um, get ready to stand at a pro stage. So to cut a long story short, I managed to get the pro card. And uh, yeah, so that's how I got my pro card. So I didn't actually win the, win the um, British Championships. Well, you um, won your class twice, two, two years in a row, right? You became British champion two years in a row in your class. 
Well, yeah, in my class, yeah. But I was yeah. British champions three times in a row, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First time was the first time as then in your... Yeah. And what was the difference between competing as an amateur and then when you became a pro? Did you see a difference in anything? Or was it pretty much everything the same? Um, I wouldn't say there was that much difference, to be honest. Obviously, you... you, you your, my mindset was a lot different um, because at that time I, I believed in my ability a lot more. Yes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I believed in my ability a lot more at that time. Um, but training wise, would I say that, you know, things were much different? Um, no, not no. really. Not, not that I can really remember, to be totally honest with you. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and, and in terms of the way you were treated, as a bodybuilder by, by the federations as a pro and as an amateur, did you find a difference? Um, nah, not, not really, to be totally honest. Fair enough. Um, as an amateur, you know, in your mind, you know, you think that there's a bit of a prestige, you know, you're, you're, you're competing for the UK or, or, the, or your country or whatever. But to be quite honest with you, you know, other countries were treated by their federations a lot better than we were. Mm. I mean, especially a lot of these, you know, Arab countries. Oh, yeah. You know, those guys, those guys were treated first class. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they still those are. Guys. They still are. And, they get, and now they're getting people from here and America going over there. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. You know, uh, I think at one stage, you know, I was talking to some of those guys from from Egypt and stuff like that, and I was like, "Hey, man, how do I get my friggin' Egyptian mm. passport?" Absolutely. Or, <laughs> whatever. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I want to come and compete with you guys. You know what I mean? Because these guys were were being paid, you know, a decent amount of money just to just yeah. to be amateur. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. There I there I am getting fuck all. Yeah. You know? So, um, I, I want to touch on that point a little bit uh, in terms of the finance side of things. But what I wanted to ask you is, what was it like, first of all, to compete as a pro at the Olympia? At the Olympia, it was, it, it was, it, it was awesome. Um, I followed, even though I didn't initially have any intentions of competing, I've followed the Olympia for many, many years. Same as me, yeah. You know it's what the, I mean? It's the pinnacle, many, right? As a many, many years I spent hundreds if not thousands of pounds buying every single magazine that came yeah. out every month from yeah. flex to muscle and fitness to to um strength and whatever it was to yeah. muscular development i bought all of them every yeah. single month yeah do you know what i mean up Me until too. my up until my mother moved out of out my childhood home about four years ago uh, i had Bin liners and bin liners All of, of them. magazines, yeah. She threw them out, otherwise it might have been worth some money now because yeah. I had them dating back, you know, 30-odd years, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah, a lot of time, yeah, a, 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 lot, a lot of years, you know. But competing at the Olympia, I mean, that was, that, that was definitely the pinnacle, you know. It is, it is isn't it? Everybody I wants was, to be there. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was backstage with, obviously, Phil and, you know, Kai and... Jay Cutler, everyone. Jay Cutler. It was, it was, it was great fun. I would, I would never, 
I would never forget it, man. It was, you you it was competed, awesome. in, competed in the two hundred two at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, the two hundred two at that time. Yeah, I Who got won? to meet Joe 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 Weeder at that time as wow. well. Um, before he passed away, so that's, that's an experience in a half. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, uh, when you're backstage at the Olympia, who would you say is one person that's stuck in your mind still to this date? Backstage. You know when you're backstage and you're looking around and you see everyone pumping up and you're thinking, wow, what the hell, look at that. There's always one, isn't there? I don't know, maybe the Olympia is too many to, to, to count. Do you know what? Yeah, they're, they're, man, everyone was backstage, man, everyone. And um, to be honest, I, I was probably just, just wrapped up in my own world, just yeah, trying to get myself. Yeah, of course. For me, it was my first Olympia and uh, I was touted to make top five. So that was like, that blew my mind. Mm. Do you know and, what I mean? And you did make top five, right? And I did, I did yeah. make top five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Having such a disastrous start to my pro career. Well, not disastrous, but, you know, I did the British Grand Prix earlier on that year. Yeah. You know, and um, to be fair, well, my honest opinion, you know, I felt in that lineup, had I had been on, the only person that 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 would have beaten me was Flex. Do you That's know what right. I mean? Yeah. I ended up being fifth that year. Do you know mm. what I mean? But in my heart of hearts, you know, had I had been bang on, I didn't think anyone else would have touched me apart from Flex. That would have been it. Uh, look, uh, look at what Flex is right now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Flex is Flex is the greatest, probably the greatest short bodybuilder of all time now. One hundred percent. It's such a shame that he's not competing at this year's Olympia. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame. I was absolutely gutted for him because I really wanted to see him do so well on stage this year. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, going back a little bit to the finances side of things. So as a bodybuilder, and I think this is important for any bodybuilders listening to this now, maybe some youngsters that may be thinking, you know, the new world of social media and there's lots of different classes that people can compete in and they can become pros in, you know, not, not like when me and you competed back in 2009, 2010. It's a lot easier now, I think because there's yeah. so many different classes. Um, but people tend to have this outlook that, you know, I want to be a pro because when I'm a pro, I'm going to get this much money. I'm going to get this many contracts. I'm going to get this many sponsorships. How does it actually work? Man, how does it actually work? Um, I think now is a lot different compared to when I first started. Um, now you have more control over your destiny, especially if you're very, very savvy with social media. Mm. Whereas I wasn't very, very savvy with social media. Yes. I know I competed in this era, but I'm still very much old school. Yes. People forget or people <laughs> surprise sometimes. I'm going to be, I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 in a few weeks time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, I compete look pretty like much in, in this generation, but I'm actually pretty much old school. And yeah. I come from the old school mentality by where, which I respect people for what they've done on stage. Totally. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very sort of, you know, I'm authentic when it comes to that. I'm, I'm a bodybuilding purist. Hmm. I couldn't give a fuck about how insta-famous you are. Yes. I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in one's physique. Yes. Okay. And I find, you know, 
obviously, you know, don't get me wrong. If you're good, you're good. You, you're going to get played. You, you, you know, you, mm. you're going to place at shows. But, you know, in this world we are now where everything is so materialistic and everyone's about me and this, that and the other. And, yeah. you know, you go to certain gyms now and everyone's got a fucking camera. Do you know what I mean? Even the worst physique in the fucking gym has yeah. got a camera filming yeah. themselves, you know, trying to get followers on thing. And I'm just not interested in that fucking bullshit. Yeah, I, I just want to see... Uh, 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 just, I just want to see art. I just want to see a physique. I just want to see, you know, sheer beauty, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I can't connect. Sure. With... You're a dying breed, mate, of bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there isn't many like you out there anymore because now it is all about, you know, how many followers do you have? How, yeah. You know, do you have a YouTube channel? Just, yeah. just the other day, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Fawad and... Um, probably one of the best up and coming bodybuilders right now in Britain, um, here from Leicester. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No. He, uh, he's just competed uh, with James Hollingshead at uh, the British Grand Prix just now and he came third. Uh, um, I have no idea. You'll know, you'll know, he's got a fantastic. Oh, okay. Let me show you, see if I can show you who I'm talking about. Okay. Bear with me one second. His name's okay. Mark, Mark, Mark Hector. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you I know, I know, I, I know Mark, I met Mark a few times. I actually told him a few years ago how good I think he, he could possibly be. He's got yeah. a beautiful shape, beautiful lines. Yeah. Is he, from, is he from Leicester, is he? Yeah, yeah, he used to train my same, same gym as me until I opened oh, my... Okay, I don't know why I thought he was from further down south. Okay. No, no. Well, we tra um, he tra trains in still the same gym now. I, obviously, I moved into my own place, but... Okay. He, he was yeah, at... Yeah, yeah. Forward asked him, have you got a sponsor? And he goes, and he's a pro, right? He goes, no, yeah. I have no sponsor. And he goes, have you got a YouTube channel? And he goes, no, but I need to make one. But yeah. Mark, Mark is, although Mark is a bit younger than me and you, um, yeah. his mentality is still very old school. Very old school, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it, it, I think yeah. even though he's got a huge following on social media himself, he still hasn't got that of bringing a camera to the gym and videoing himself. Yeah, it's... You know, I, 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 to be honest, I've tried it a few times and yeah. it, just, just, it just disrupts my fucking training, man. I know. Do you know I what know. I mean? I'm, I'm having to be worrying about, is a, is, is a camera set up properly? You know, know. Has, it, has, it, has it captured what I wanted to capture? And I'm yeah. like, I can't be fucking arsed with this. Yeah. I just want to fucking train. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why I see why guys actually hire a, 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 a videographer to come yeah. and do it. Yeah. yeah, but man, I don't have the money to be wasting on that shit. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's, it's it's fucking cheap. Yeah. You know, when I've seen some of these prices, I'm like, damn. Yeah, it's a you lot. Know? It's a lot. Mate, I can't be. But, I, can't yeah, be I guess that. I guess nowadays everybody's trying to build a brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in saying that, in saying that, my advice to any up and coming uh, uh, physique person, bodybuilder, you know, anyone in the industry, yeah. is that. I would recommend you do go that, you know, if you want to make anything out of this industry, you need to build that following. You do, you do. You do. It's, Without it's, a shadow of a doubt, you, you, you need to, it's, it's unfortunate, mind you. But it is what it is. Very unfortunate. It is what it is, hmm. but you do need to spend time and to, to, to build that, to build that following. So that would be my advice, you know. And back in your day, did, did, did the money come through sponsorships? Did it come through, how did it work? 
as a pro? Or did you get paid anything at all? No, dude, no. Everything, everything that I've earned, mate, has been mainly through through my businesses, whether it's through uh, my personal training, whether it's through my supplement store, whether it was through my e shops and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, everything was pretty much funded by myself. Um, you know, I've had a few sponsors, but nothing fantastic, what so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated everything that they've done for me over the years, you know. Um, but now, mate, I never had any sort of big uh, sponsorship contracts or anything like that. Um, so yeah, so more power to anyone that, that was able to, to, to get decent sponsors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I didn't have any, anything like that, mate. So everything that I achieved and everything that I got was off my own back. And it was as simple yeah. as that. Obviously, don't get me wrong. You know, we've all had people that have helped us out along the way. You of know, course. even myself, I've had people that I could name that has helped me out, um, throughout my, my, my career. Yeah, my, my bodybuilding career, you know. Um, but again, with regards to... to but to it's, you, know, you know what, Sean? It's, it's very interesting that you're saying this. And this is what I, I wanted to get out of you today a little bit. Is, is because people do think, you know, as soon as they get that pro card in their back pocket... You that know, they're going to start making uh, gonna, money. Listen, yeah. let me tell you something, right? Sorry to cut you it's okay. Obviously, I've featured in, in, in loads of magazines and that over the years, right? Yeah. I genuinely, I've, I've, never, I've never portrayed myself to anyone that I've got lots of money, this, that, mm. and the other. There's no one out there that can say that Sean mm. Joseph Tavernier portrays himself to be this geezer that no, mm. right? But obviously, there's people out there that, that don't really know me and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And they've got this perception that because they've seen me in magazines and, you know, I'm quite well known in the industry, that I've made quite a bit of money. Mm. Or especially the, the top one, because I didn't, I, 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 I placed at the Mr. Olympia, I placed fifth at the Mr. Olympia, that, you know, I've, I've done well financially. When I tell them, what I actually got yeah. for placing fifth at the Mr. Olympia. They don't believe you. Their jaws drop and hit the fucking What did you floor. get, just out of interest? 500 pounds. Wow. They're like, fuck off. No way did you get 500 pounds well, for placing you. fifth at the Joe Weeders Mr. Mad. Olympia. Mad. I'm like, Guys, I got 500 pounds. Wow. They can't believe it. It's mad. Do you know but what I mean? How much did it cost you to get there? Well, when you qualify for the, for the Olympia, they actually pay for your flight and they pay for, at the time, two nights in a hotel. Maybe three, but I'm yeah. sure it was two nights in a hotel. So That's if you're like, someone like myself who doesn't, my body doesn't deal well with long haul flights. Mm. I need to be there a good five to six days before. Yeah. So I had to pay for those three, four, five days yeah. prior. Not to you mention, know what I mean? Not to mention food, other, other yeah. bits and bobs that you've got to do, you know, coaching maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I well, well, lucky, well, luckily at the time, and, and as I say, mate, you know, I have to give people props where, you know, where, They've, they've, they've helped me out and stuff like that. I was sponsored by um, James Collier at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, 
James had, had, had helped me a lot with food and stuff like that at the time. He was my sponsor. Mm. So, um, yes, yeah, so I give James Collier his props. Um, I forgot yeah. what the what the actual company was called muscle, at the time. Muscle Talk? Muscle Talk. Yeah, I, I, had James, I had James on the podcast uh, back in the summer. Okay, cool. But, yeah, James yeah. is a cool guy. Um, so, yeah, give James his props. You know, he actually helped me a lot for the Olympia as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I, I wanted to touch a little bit on the finances side of thing a little bit more, um, because I think it's important, you know, for someone sort of big bodybuilder such as yourself, you know, you you must have to eat quite a lot, right? Throughout, throughout uh, your off season, yeah. and that that, yeah. that I, 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 you know, financially, how how was was that a, a burden on you? You know what? Of course, it it it, it was, um, but again. Shout out to a, a former sponsor of mine called Muscle Meat, who for a number of years uh, sponsored me with all of my meat, steak, nice. chicken. Nice. They were awesome. And yeah. that was a massive, massive help. Yeah. Uh, Muscle Meat. Um, oh, man, I forgot what the lady's bloody name is. She's going to absolutely kill me now for forgetting her bloody name. Um, but she's down there in Skipton, Yorkshire, around that way. Is that still um, going? Is that still going as a company? I, I, I don't think that they're still... They might be still going. I don't want to say that they're not, because I'm not too sure, but mm. I haven't really seen anything of them in the last few years or so. But yeah, mate, food is a massive, massive thing. Um, especially, like, you know, when you're prepping and you, you, you eat... I mean, for one one or two of the preps I did, I was eating, like, ten times a day. You know, my, my first meal was at, it was like, five or... Yeah, about five o'clock in the morning. And I was having like 10 meals a day. Well, know? they say to sit, it's to grow, you've got to eat, right? That's the part, part of bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, 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 can you give us an idea of what your, what your diet roughly looked like when you were at the top of your game? Um, oh, I'll have to go back to my notes. Um, for breakfast, um, I would have something like, I can't remember what the exact measurements were now, but we Average. used to, we, my wife used to make me these pancakes, these old pancakes uh, that were, oh man, Amazing. especially being on a diet was just delicious. So it would be oats with some egg yolks and that with um, um, a bit of splendor, a bit of cinnamon, and it was these oat pancakes and they were Stunning. fucking delicious. I would go to sleep. I would. I would go to sleep early just to wake up, <laughs> just to eat that. Just to, just That's to be able to eat that again. Um, and then, to be fair and to be honest, I'm a boring eater. Yeah, I am. I too, could eat. This, I could eat the same fucking thing a hundred times a day. It doesn't bother yeah. me. But you know what? I think. As, I think most good bodybuilders are like that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bother me. Just as long as it tastes somewhat decent, it doesn't bother me. Like, um, I know people who, 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 who have to have variety, mm. you know, that they've, they've got to have their bit of fish and they've, they've got to have their, their chicken and they've got to have the steak and they've got to have this and they've got to have that. No, mm. you could just give me chicken and I'll have that for all fucking 10 meals. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that for me, that was fine. Um, so yeah, my meals were boring, mate. It would just be something like uh, two hundred to three hundred grams of of 
of what really made my meals was the seasoning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My meals were the same every single fucking what, day. What did you use for seasoning? Oh, man. We would use a bit of OXO. We would use a bit of dry herbs and seasoning. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be it. We'd use all-purpose seasoning. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would kind use of that right up. Yeah, yeah, I would use that right the way through. The only thing I would stay away from at the time uh, was um, sauces because sauces Pine had the sodium. sugars in there and the sugars, as soon as I had sugars, that would, that would be it. A film of water come yeah. over me straight, yeah. straight away. So, um, yeah, so, okay, for example, I'd have the oat pancakes in the morning. That would consist of about, I don't know, 70 to 80 grams of oats or whatever. Uh, my next meal would be something like, 250 to 300 grams of, of, of chicken breast um, and about 70 grams of rice or whatever. That's just on a normal day. Yeah. Sometimes my, 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 up and down. my yeah, it would be up and down sometimes, but again, it would be the seasoning that would make it all different types of seasoning. Uh, with that, I'd, I'd, I'd have um, usually asparagus or just some, um, frozen veg that I would just yeah. put in the microwave and just yeah. chuck that on. That would be it. I, would, I wouldn't really measure that, to be totally honest with you. Um, I'd have that right throughout the day. I'd have about four or five meals, six meals throughout the day. Then usually when I got home after training, I usually like to have a bit of steak. In fact, no, I also had the steak. I had steak twice a day. I had a steak in the morning with the oat pancakes. I'd have my steak with eggs mm. in the morning then at the oat pancake, then had my chicken and rice meals all day, get home, have another steak meal with, I don't know, potatoes or rice or whatever, mm -hmm. and then had another couple of meals after that. And that, that was it, mate. It was, it was, it was boring. But I guess it has to be to, to be consistent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How many cows would you say that was on, a, on, on average? On average? On average? Probably right. One year I was up to about four thousand calories on a prep. Was that when you while you dieting or offset? Off yeah, whilst I, whilst I was dieting. To be yeah. fair, I never really did an off season diet, mate. Fair enough. Never, never did an off season diet. What happened? Then? Lazy. Did you just eat as as and when? I just ate as and when. That was it. That, that, that was it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'll tell you something, Sean. Not a lot of bodybuilders could get away with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I did. Yeah, that's you, what I did. You, so, genetically, um, you were quite lucky. So I guess you could kind yeah. of get away. I remember, did you work with Nathan most of your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked, with, I worked with Nathan most of my career. Well, these are, and again, giving everyone their props who have, who have actually... Um, uh, even if it was for a, a short, short amount of time. Yeah. Again, the guys in Genesis Gym, props to all of those guys. Um, um, Kimberly Ann Jones, a yeah, former yeah. Yeah. female bodybuilder. Um, she was absolutely instrumental in my career as well. Uh, and just generally, um, I worked with James Wellen for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for one or two shows, uh, two of the British Championships. Um, I'd done one show with, um, what's Flex's coach called again? Um, Neil Hill. One show with Neil Hill. 
And then after that, I've pretty much worked with Nathan right the way through. But the last few years of, or the last year or two of my competitive career, I've pretty much done everything myself. Nathan would, towards the end, Nathan would just pretty much oversee my, um, yeah. my dialing and my carb up and that really. Just Very so cool. much so that I didn't second guess myself. I mean, I pretty much know what works for me yes. anyway. Yeah. Um, I really had to get used to my carb up because I could eat a shitload of carbs, mate, and yeah. it wouldn't affect me. So I just needed that confidence to be able to just blow out on the carbs. Yeah, you just needed that over... person there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, all throughout the, my last year competing, however many shows I did, I did all the prep. You know, Nathan would just be there as a second eye just to make sure or just to encourage me to eat a bit more, yeah, you yeah. know, or to, or to um, you know, try different things. Like, for instance, you know, um, with me, once, once I'm dialed in, you know, the day of the show, I could pretty much eat anything for a meal or two. Like, just blow you up. I don't know. Yeah, like, for instance... Um, most of the shows, you know, just to get the facts in, about two hours before I went on stage, I, I'd eat some McDonald's, a chicken burger and chips and this, that, any other yeah. and whatnot. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, all, all it would do would just fill me out, really, I, and make me a lot fuller. I guess the work, the work was done by then. It was, you appealed. Yeah, all about pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I couldn't do you know, I used to see guys backstage and I'd be eating sweets and I'd be like, fucking hell, I'd love to be able to eat sweets. Yeah. And I tried it a few times and then I would look at myself and think, what the fuck have I done? Really? Sugars didn't, oh man, sugars did not, did not work for me whatsoever. Yeah. It had to strictly be carbs and water. That's that it. would be it. Yeah, that's it. Carbs wanna, and water. I want to touch a bit on the taboo point, whether, if you allow me. Yeah. Obviously, I... I don't know much about that world because I've never encountered that world myself. I've, I've thought about it many times. Yeah. Especially when I was training with Das Ball for, you know, three, four years I trained with him and he, you know, he was 22 stone of muscle and there's me fucking 10 stones <laughs> trying to keep up with him. And many times, yeah. you know, it crossed my mind and he, he said, hold it, it's okay. You know, he crossed my mind. I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm scared. Uh, in the end, I didn't do it. But we know, we know in, the, in the world of bodybuilding, steroids are prevalent, right? Yeah. Um, did you ever, I'm guessing you did, take steroids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. And again, I think it's important that we touch on that basically just for today's people, today's world, social media. Um, what's your experience with them? How did you, did you, when you started it and then afterwards, did you experience anything that was uncomfortable? Or I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, um, my first experience with with steroids was um, back in 1998. By that time, I was I had already trained for about uh, properly for about a good six seven years. Um, you already built, you already um, built a quite a good base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, naturally, you know, the only thing I had used before was, um, was creatine. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I met up with an old schoolmate of mine who went to my old secondary school and he was Wellington bodybuilding at the time. And he was already taking a bit of gear and stuff like that. And, um, 
he was the one I would speak to at the time about it and whatnot. And obviously I was a bit sort of apprehensive, a bit yeah, sort of scared of and whatnot. Because obviously, you know, yeah, you hear yeah. all these scare stories yeah. and I'm not downplaying it. If you fuck with them, they will screw you. It's as yeah. simple as that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And um, anyway, after a long time deliberating on it, I, I, I obviously I didn't want to inject or anything like that. I, I did... Um, I took some Dynabols and they were the old, um, oh, where were they from again? They were the little pink stars, Turkish, I think, or Iranian. Iranian Debol, I think they were. Mm. You'd get them in a white tub and you'd get 500 tablets and they were five milligrams each. And let me tell you, my body's a very sensitive body anyway. Mm. I could take an aspirin and I would feel it. Anyway, I took, at the time, I think I took two tablets of Debor, and within the hour, it must have made my fucking blood pressure shoot through the roof. It felt like my fucking head was going to fall off my fucking shoulders. Um, And I was thinking to myself, fuck yeah, now. And I remember speaking to an old pro about it. I won't mention his name. Um, And I told him what I took. I said, mate, I took took two, two tablets of the, of the, of Dynabols, there were five milligram tablets each. And I said, it fucking made my head feel like, he goes, you took two tablets? He said, a baby could take fucking two tablets. (laughs) So he made me feel like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just my body. My body was just so sensitive. But just even taking those two tablets, I felt how fucking full I, I was. Even just after taking those two tablets, mate. So that's all I did for maybe like a couple of weeks or so. Um, on and off, and then I took like a, a long period off of about a year or two, mm. and then um, a mate that that same mate encouraged me to maybe try an injectable at the time. And um, an, another thing, I took. I think he must have jabbed me with some Deca or something like that. Yeah. And was it the same day or the next day? I was absolutely fucking ill. Where I ha- I ended up in hospital Shit. because it must have triggered off a, a gastric problem. Mm. So my stomach was in fucking bits. Okay. So I, I told them what I had done, and they said more than likely it triggered off a, a pre-existing response, sort of response mm. or whatever. So. Um, that was that was pretty much it really so that was my experience with that so i stopped it from there i didn't do anything for a number of years until the mid 2000s yeah um when i got to pretty much genesis gym um i thought to myself you know if i'm gonna do this then do it I've, 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 I've got to take it to the next level. Well, you're going to, be, you're going to play in the same Levin field as everybody else, right? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Mm. Um, but again, for, 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 for me, I've, I've never needed a lot. to take vast amounts of gear. I mean, you know, you know what it's like in this industry, mate. People always speculate and, you know, yeah. I, I get it spoken about me, myself. Oh, I bet he takes loads of gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that know me, people that are close to me, they know. people that have actually been there whilst I've actually administered it. Yes. Could vouch that me, SJT, has taken minimal yes. amounts. 
Do you know what? what the thing is, Sean, I think the outside world, uh, yeah. when they look at someone like you, you know, yeah. like I've never taken anything in my life. I'm nowhere near, like I'm, I'm small, but people still yeah. think I take steroids just because I've got a physique. But yeah. when they look at someone a little bit, you know, you walk on the stream like, fuck, that guy's yeah. massive, right? Immediately, the first, and Sean went then for a bit. Let's wait one second. I think someone, he probably had a phone call. We'll wait one second. That was a, a very interesting conversation as well. There, there, he, is. there he is. Yeah, do you have a phone call? Sorry. Yeah, I had That's to cut the mic there. Sorry about that. No, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah. what I was saying, what I was saying is, um, you know, people look at someone like you, immediately their first pro thought process is nothing to do with your genetics, nothing to do with how hard you train and everything else. It's, oh, he's on steroids. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And someone like you who's got great genetics, you know, like you don't need to take a lot. No, no, no. For me, mate, I, 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 I didn't. And um, as you know, you're on my social media. Yeah, I yeah. always emphasize health. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I've taken a step back from competing. Mm. And uh, because I've, I've, I've had a good run, mate. And, oh, yeah. You know, Amazing. You've got to know within yourself when you've reached that limit, yeah. you know. And, you know, my, my health means a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and over the oh. years, I've seen people come and go. And I've seen people destroy their physiques, you mm. know, whatever they may have done behind the scenes. Mm. I do not know. Obviously, mm. people speculate, um, you know. And I, as I said, you know, when I came into this sport, I wanted to leave with my integrity and most of all, my health. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've, I've done that. So for me, I placed a lot of emphasis on being healthy and trying to stay within certain boundaries and limits. And I never crossed those. Yeah. I absolutely never crossed those. That's and that's why, please God, I'm as fit and I'm as healthy as I am today. Yeah. Do you know you what know, I mean? You know, you know? Just, like I said, just even yesterday, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of, I love bodybuilding, right? That's my yeah. deep down, although I'm way away from that right now in terms of what I do. Now I don't work yeah. with bodybuilders, I work with the general population. But, you know, it's, it's an interest of mine. I love it. And I was just listening to three bodybuilders talking on a podcast yesterday. And all of them have got sleep apnea. All of them have to wear a sleep apnea. Serious. And I'm like, surely that, that I, don't, oh. I, don't, I, I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get oh. it. You know, you're, you're killing yourself. You couldn't pay me enough money, mate. You couldn't pay me. You know, I've, I've downsized, mate because, you know, I care about my health. You know, I've got a family who need me mm. around, mm. you know. Um, not only that, I still enjoy, I enjoy life. I enjoy Absolutely. being fit. You know, yeah. I was super fit, you know, especially back in school. I used to run cross countries. I used yeah. to run long, run long distance. I used to win all the fitness challenges. You know, there was no one that could outrun me back then. Mm. He may have been faster than me, but I had such a gas tank on me yeah, that I was going to chase you the fuck down. Yeah, and yeah. I was always that fit. So I made a point that, you know, I, I was going to go back to that sort of 
style training, a lot of intervals, a lot of hit, a lot of, you know, circuit yeah, yeah. training well, and I've, stuff I've, like I've that. been watching what you're doing a lot with your boxing and your ropes. Yeah, loving it. Absolutely I, loving it. I, I remember a few months back we talked about your, you know, your resting heart rate and it was, it was in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now, yeah. And, it's, now, it's, and now you're down to what? It's, it's, it's regularly now, it's, it, it gets quite low sometimes, but it's regularly in the, in the like resting in the 60s. Yeah, that's, that's healthy. Which is healthy, do you know Absolutely. what I mean? You know, especially like, you know, when I'm at home chilling, it's, it's in the 60s, you know what I mean? So, how, much, how much are you weighing right now? I'm weighing roughly to be, <laughs> it's probably gone up a few pounds, but just <laughs> before the lockdown, I was weighing roughly about just over 16 stone. And what were you when you were competing? Uh, competing in the off season, I was like, I was like, um, what was it? Um, I was like, let me think, um, close to 19 stone in the off season. It's a lot. Close lot to weight. 19 stone at the off season. For someone uh, five foot two, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On stage, I was, I was just under 15, so I was about 14, 8 yeah. on stage. Yeah, yeah about 14, 8 on stage. How, like that, yeah. How's your diet and your training changed from then to where you are today? I eat relatively clean. Um, you know, I dabble a bit with, with many vegan meals at the moment i chop mm. and change sometimes I'll, I'll have mainly fish meals i've i've, I've tried to really limit my my meat intake mm. and uh, not, not not saying i cut it out totally i think people yes. have, have kind of misconstrued what i've said in the past yes no i love meat too much i love barbecued same as, same as me. I love barbecued yeah. chicken oh, yeah. i love barbecued wings you name it i fucking love it right yeah. so no I will not eliminate me. But the fact of the matter is, when I did take me out of my diet, mm. the difference in my body was phenomenal. Mm. The inflammation within a week went right down, mate. There's no denying it. Yeah. It was absolutely plain to see yes. the difference. You know, whatever's in the meat now, um, there's, there's, there's something causing inflammation in the mm. body without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. I, I think, I think a, a lot of, a lot of uh, meats nowadays, are, you know, uh, uh, um, ethically and they're not, they're not being grown properly, you know, such as beef, chicken, you can yeah. buy grass fed beef, you can buy, you know, free range chicken and organic, but it's very, very expensive. And I want to be honest with you, yeah. similar, similar to yourself, you know, over the years when I was competing, I ate loads of chicken and loads of beef, and even I used to buy easily, easily five kilos of beef, and I'm nowhere near as big as you or, or other bodybuilders. Yeah. Five kilos yeah. of beef a week, uh, of, of chicken, sorry, a week, plus beef, plus turkey. And now I probably eat two chicken breasts a week. Yeah. At that. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, for sure. Yeah. And do you notice the difference yourself, do you? Oh, oh much better. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Isn't it? Again, I don't want to go down the route of saying I'm, I'm vegetarian. I'm vegan. I'm not. Of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I not. agree. Yeah. I think everything in moderation is important. But yeah, I've definitely of course. reduced. I've reduced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. It, it was phenomenal, man. You know, when I, when, I, when I cut the meat right down, you know, certain more, like if I sat down in a chair for too long, Hmm. And then I would try to get back up, mate. The aches and the pains I would get, yeah, crazy. 
But I guess you, you ate a lot of, 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 of meat throughout your career, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, it, it, it didn't even take long. Within a week of me cutting down, like I had no meat for those few weeks or whatever, but within a week of me doing that, the difference in my physique was just crazy. Mm. Absolutely crazy. So, you know, everyone's got to determine which route that they want to go down. But, you know, I I definitely think that a reduction in in, in meat is is a way to go. Definitely. I've got to agree. So in terms of your training at the moment, I guess you still bodybuild or not really so much? Not bodybuild. I train with weights, um, but most of my training is, is much more directed at fitness, keeping a high level of high intensity fitness. So I pretty much do 20 rounds on the bags or pads every day. Um, like, for instance, throughout this lockdown at the moment, the last week or two, um, I'll come in in the morning, I'll do 10 three-minute rounds on the heavy bag. Uh, later on, uh, in, it, that's in the morning. Yeah. Towards midday, I'll get on the treadmill, I'll do half an hour power walking with the last 20 minutes, so 50 minutes in total. I'll do half an hour power walking, then 20 minutes uh, interval sprinting on the treadmill. And then later on again, I'll do another 10 three-minute rounds on the heavy bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, but before the lockdown, you know, I was do I was alternating it. So one day, I'll have a MMA or a boxing guy come in. We'll do ten rounds on the pads. Mm-hmm. You know, then later on, I'll do my treadmill work, and then later on again, I'll do some more heavy bag work. Yeah. So that that's that that's that's pretty much how I how I how I do it. Or I do a lot of battle rope stuff with a lot of uh, high intensity sort of yeah. uh, interval stuff in between that. Just just, just whatever. At the moment, I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get my skipping up to speed at the minute. It's hard work, man. Yeah, I love oh, skipping. Man. I love skipping. It's it's so much fun though. Oh mate, uh, give me give 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 me till maybe like sometime next year. Hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully I'll I'll, I'll I'll get there. Do you know what I mean? So, in, my, in, my early, in my early years before bodybuilding, I, I did boxing for five years. No, not, did you? not as a competitive. I just enjoy going to to, to boxing. And yeah, yeah. When I first started skipping, I'm like, freaking heck, I can't do this. Oh, man. When I became good at it, I tell you what, it's even now, you know, I can pick a skipping rope now and I can do yeah, double unders yeah. and I can do. Wow. And it's fantastic. so much fun. It's so, so it much is. fun. It is. It is. It's a great cardio. It's fantastic cardio. It, yeah. It's not fun for me at the moment, but it will be fun when I get a lot better. Oh, but yeah. in saying that, boxing is actually my first love. Boxing. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a boxer from from a long long time ago since i was a kid but it was actually my grandmother may she rest in peace a lovely woman that didn't want me to box she used to love watching fights mm. she loved wwe wrestling yeah, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. she used to i used to sit down and watch um big big daddy on a saturday mm-hmm. afternoon with her and she would go absolutely crazy so she loved fighting but yeah. she didn't want to see me fight. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and usually when I would case. say to her that I wanted to do boxing, she no, would be no, like, no. "Nope, you're not doing boxing." And yeah. because she was my gran and whatnot, and I loved her so much, you know. What I mean, I thought, "Oh no, I can't do boxing then." But I've always followed boxing, and I always that—that's what I wanted to actually do. I went to mm. a boxing club uh, years and years ago. This is after I had just started doing some weights. 
and I had started to bulk up a little bit. And this particular session, I had walked into the boxing gym and the boxing coach turned around and said to me, you're, you're going to have to lose about two stone. And I was like, two stone? I was like, you know, me thinking that I had a yeah, bit yeah. of muscle on me. I was like, look, mate, I've only just put this on. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to get me to take this off already. <laughs> so that was it. That, 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 that was my stint with boxing hey, done, you know. But I, I love boxing. And even now, um, you know, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I do it every single day. There's not a day that doesn't go by where I'm not on the pads or I'm not Brilliant. on the bag, Brilliant. you know. So uh, uh, weights, is, weights is pretty much secondary at the minute. Fair enough. Moment. Fair enough. I'm sure at some point you'll probably come back in again if you, when you get a bit more. I don't know. You know, we go through phases, don't we? No, no. You don't think so? No, 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 no. no. Um, I, 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 I do the weights to maintain some sort of muscle tone and of muscle course. density yeah. and muscle health. Yes. You know, it's always good to keep just a Very bit important. of muscle on you. Absolutely. You know, but. Um, as for trying to push those limits again. Never again. You know, nah, you, you've got to be smart, man. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I you know, your, your, your body is not built for that. And some people have longevity in a sport. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Dexter Jackson and many other guys that I yeah. know on the, on the circuit. I think I think Dexter is 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 a bit of a, a anomaly, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, that 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 long, that longevity for competing, you know, wasn't for me. Fair Do you know enough. what I mean? Yeah, you so, made you made, you made uh, the best decision for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 happy with what I've done, and um, you know, if I I I I'm put it this way: never say never. Hmm. But I can assure you that I wouldn't be back on stage trying to compete at the same level yes, I yes. was before. Yeah, it would enough. just be for a bit of fun mm. or whatever, or you know, just to set myself a goal or something yeah. like yeah. that. It wouldn't be to compete at any sort of high standard again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, no. You know, so, so yeah, you know. I, I know also you you were uh, an Arsenal fan. Uh, are you a big Arsenal fan? But mate, I've been so <laughs> disappointed with them for how, however many years. I used to watch Arsenal all the time at Highbury. Um, I haven't been obviously been so much at the Emirates Stadium. Um, man, what can I say about Arsenal, dude? Yeah, tell you me, know, tell I've, me, how, what's your I've, feelings on it right now? How, what do you think about Arteta? Man, I think Arteta, to be quite honest with you, giving me his dues. I mean. He was a decent player. He wasn't my favourite player when he played for Arsenal. I, no. I just thought he was okay. He just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay player at the time. I've never been big on Arteta. As a manager, he's, he's pleasantly surprised me. Mm. Um, I just think that what he's got to work with is, is just not our standard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, well, think... I, I feel the same way. I'm a United fan, and you know, since Alex Ferguson's left, yeah, man, it's been you very know, see, see, yeah, but Alex, so Alex Ferguson, he was right at the top of his game, even up yeah. until he, he, he retired. Yeah, yeah, whereas Wenger, he should have fucked off back in yeah, 2006. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he definitely stayed for he had me, you know, he had a knack for buying these players that from. from Obscure, literally obscurity yes. and turning them into world-class players. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And every year, I think after 2006, I was hoping that he was going to put together this, this fucking 
invincible team again. It and it never came to fruition. And, uh, you know, I, I called for him to leave back in 2006, 2007. Mm. And people were like, oh, no, Sean, you're talking rubbish. And I've been proven right. Absolutely. I should have left then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. we've been, come on, man, we've been in the wilderness for over 10 years now, longer than 10 years. Yeah. But you know what? what? I mean? We do go through cycles. If you look at Liverpool, you know, they dominated and then they went through 20 years of winning nothing really here and there. And now United, yeah. United are going through that. You guys are going through yeah. that. And now Liverpool and, and, and uh, Man City are on top of that at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But it's just the dream that we were sold, you know, because yeah. Highbury was a... If anyone has been to Highbury, Highbury oh. was a fantastic stadium. Yeah. Yeah. He was in arm reach of the players. Yes, mate. yes. The vibe yes. was awesome. And then we were sold this dream that we're going to go to this fantastic stadium. And by doing so, we're going to have this, this big capacity that we're going to be able to compete with the likes of, you know, Man United and this yeah. one and that one. And yeah. therefore that we, you know, our revenue is going to be a lot higher. And then we're going to be able to compete on the, on the, on, on the market for these players. And none of it came to fruition. And you're uh, thinking, well, what the fuck was that for? Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's a magnificent stadium. Every time yeah, I yeah. see it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. But I'd, I'd rather be back in Highbury playing the football we were playing. Winning titles. this bag of shit that we, you know, fucking hell. Three yeah. nil to Aston Villa the other week. I know. Yeah. You, you, you go and beat United and you go home and you lose. Yeah, and then we go and do that. But it's, it's the same Very old, consistent. same old thing. You know, back in the day, you know, when we were competing with United and the likes of Chelsea, you know, we'd thrash all these teams, these, these bottom table teams, you yeah. know, 6 nil and 5 nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we'll come up against, you know, Man United and that, and then we'll end up bloody well losing. It'll be... Uh, yeah. You know, it's just... What, what, you know, what's your thoughts on uh, Mesut Ozil? I think he just needs to leave now. Well, as in, as in whether he should stay or, or go? I mean, whether, what's going on at the moment is literally... They just blocked him from uh, the Premier League, the, Champ the, the UEFA, Europa League. Yeah, to be, to be being fair, I, I, I don't know totally what, what's, what, what, what's going on with him right now. Um, I just think that he's been pretty much a bit part player for the last couple of seasons now. Mm. And I, I just think, you know, he's, 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 it's been time for him to go. I, think I, tell, I tell you. I'll tell you what, Sean, you know, a few years ago, we were probably talking about 2011. Yeah. I went to Madrid for my stag do, and I went to watch yeah. Real Madrid play against yeah. Seville. And at that time, Mezu was playing the same team as Ronaldo. Yeah. I've never seen him play live. And I'm going to be honest with you, Mezu Ozil that day, I was like, wow. It was better He's than an Ronaldo. awesome player. I, I, I don't understand awesome how you can go from being world-class to then, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get yeah. it. Sometimes it's confidence. Sometimes it's the players around you. You mm. know, you know. Did he really gel with this Arsenal team? You know, listen. There's, there's no doubt in that Mesut Özil was a world class player. Uh, he's, he's just not for Arsenal right yeah. now, and yeah. they need to come to some sort of an agreement where I, don't I think so. I think they need to pay him out, or, or maybe he needs to say, "Look, I, let me just let me go for free." Something yeah, along yeah, those lines. Because yeah. yeah, I'm sure yeah. he wants to play football as well. It's a bit sad to see such a good player like that not being able to at least kick a ball, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. listen, just to, just to finish off, Sean, I wanted you yeah. to, um, if there's any bodybuilders out there, young kids, anyone that's looking to get into whichever part of bodybuilding may be, physique, um, Mr. Olympia, whatever it might be, 
Um, what would you be? What would be your advice to them? Um, man, be smart about what you do. Think very carefully. Um, have close people around you who are going to tell you the truth, not blow smoke up your ass. Most of all, be honest to yourself. Self-assessment is a big thing in this sport and in this industry. Mm. And um, put your health first and be smart. Be very business-minded. That's what I would say you need in this particular climate of where we are. Awesome. Listen, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Never buddy. a problem, man. Never uh, a problem. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do this again one day soon. For sure. You know what? I keep following you on social media. Keep doing what you're doing. You're very inspiring to the whole of the fitness industry. Nice, and I'll see you, you as well, man. I'll see you soon. Have a great end of the year. I'll see you soon, buddy. No worries, man. You take care. God Thank bless. You, take care, man. Bless you. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.